Let's pray together. Loving God, maker of all good things now and of all good things that have been and all good things that are yet to come. We thank you for this precious moment of time that we call worship on Sunday. Help us this morning, dear Lord, to put aside everything in our minds and hearts that would separate us from waiting for you to come into our hearts today. In your Holy Spirit, help us to stand by the door of our hearts and let you in with joy, relying on you for our safety and hope in all things. Amen. Good morning. Whew, it's been a good week. I don't know about you, but pretty good to be doing things this week. But it was kind of busy. Not any one particular thing in my instance. I was here, I was there, I was everywhere, being too many things at once, maybe. And I had long days and nights this week. And on Wednesday night, after my faith group at 7 p.m. in East Berlin... I struggled through that heavy rain that we had to make it home, and it was raining pretty hard as I went home, and like the stubborn bug that I am sometimes, I was trying not to put on the defogger so that my electric car motor would run on the battery all the way home, if possible, instead of gasoline, because that's the type of person I am. And that made my life uh, a little less assuring uh, on the way home. I knew that there was a road out there, but sometimes I had a hard time seeing it. Well, I I took my time, and I did make it home safely. And I knew that I was home because Junan always puts on the porch lights at night. And those porch lights are her welcome to me, her reminder that she's waiting for me to come home. And she does the same thing for our son Christopher when he's out, making sure also that our hallway is lit when he comes home late from work. And she relies on us coming home, and we rely on her being there. And when her semester of school work starts very shortly, she relies on us being there for her, ready to greet her. And we're blessed to have that kind of care for one another in our little family. We don't do fancy things for one another, but we try to pay attention to the little things that make a difference. And we rely on one another to provide those things in our family. So when I come up the hill to our house, I have an assurance in my mind and house, heart, that I'm going to see those lamps lit on the porch and that that covenant love is waiting for me in our house where they shine. Now, Imagine a home that's even better than our home or your home or any home on earth. Imagine a house, a home, with porch lights that shine as far as anyone can see and then some. Imagine a house where those porch lights are so well made that they'll never burn out. Right now I have two different color porch lights because one of them... And they look kind of funny together. One of them burned out, and I got a replacement. It just wasn't the same one, so it looks goofy. That doesn't happen in this home that is better than any home on earth. All of the lights in this home are original equipment, and they've been shining as brightly as the day 
that they were first turned on. And now, let's imagine that you're a servant in this most perfect home. It's not your own home. You just work there. But you're so grateful to be in that home because you have the most perfect employer, you love their family, and you feel privileged just to be there for them. And you have a roof over your head. There's covenant love everywhere. And you're so grateful for all of that that you can't wait for your boss to come home, just like that little bird was waiting for its master to come home. And so, as a servant, you light the lamps and wait, ready for action at the door, because you rely on your boss for your joy like your own life. The joy of relying on the one you serve is who you are. My blessed siblings in Christ, my family of faith, welcome to that home. No, it's, it's not this building as beautiful as it is, to be sure. We have no idea what God's house really looks like, amen? Our church buildings just tell us the story of what we hope that God's house is going to look like. No, the, the home of God on earth that's so beautiful is what people know as the church and what they do to be like God. That house is us. Just like the quality of the light bulbs on our porch lamps, we may not reflect perfectly the quality of God's family of love in this world. And this building is just really a place for that love to be shared with one another. If home's where the heart is, God's home, us, is where God's heart lives in people who are ready to serve everyone God's perfect love. Amen? We're meant to be servants of that perfect home in that perfect love. We're meant to be ready to serve our God with that joy lit by the lamps of God's love. Where's God's home on earth? Where God's perfect love is served through us, God's servants. God relies on us to play that role in God's church in Jesus Christ. And God is relying on us to do that so much that God's ready to offer us radical hospitality when we serve God on God's earth. In Luke's Gospel reading today, Jesus tells us about how God will serve the people who rely on serving God. God knows that the servants of God have been working hard, keeping those lamps of faith lit and being ready for action and waiting a long time. And when God comes home, Jesus promises us that God will tell God's servants who rely on serving God to be who they are, come on, pull up a chair, sit down. Let me serve you tonight. Now, it isn't always easy to serve God like that, is it? It isn't easy to rely on serving God as the very definition of who we are. You know, all things being equal, we'd be just as happy to put on some comfy clothes and slippers and 
park in front of the TV with our favorite shows or movies or fiddle around the house or maybe out in the garden or at the park. And I slip too sometimes. The other day, I started my breakfast. I put one bite of it into my mouth. And then I realized, oh my goodness, I didn't say grace for my food. I was so embarrassed. It just wasn't who I was. I try to say grace for every meal, not just at home, but in public, because I rely on the serving God who serves me so much in my heart. I don't want to be anyone else if I can possibly help it. There was a woman named Agnes who came to rely completely on serving God for who she was. Her church was where she found the God who served her. And it wasn't a building. It was in the streets of a city. Agnes was a teacher, and one day while she was going to meet with some other teachers for a meeting, she looked at the poor people in the streets of her city, and she saw so many people who did not have a home and would never know that God was ready to serve them on earth as if they were already home with God. And Agnes knew that these people were her church, the people she needed to serve with God's covenant love in body, in mind, and in spirit. And so she did. Now, we know Agnes by the name that she took to serve God's people on earth, relying on God for everything to help them. Mother Teresa had no hope of fulfilling God's call to her by her own power in the streets of Kolkata, but by the power of God serving her as God's servant in Christ. God's miracle of covenant love came to God's earth. In this who do not have a home, much less a home in God, some come to the doors of our church And they're looking for a way to find a home. And others come to our unity house, hoping to have a temporary home among people served by God. And some we meet in the home that is God's world, beyond these walls, where they are and how they are. And often, where and how these people are is not very pretty. My heart breaks when I think of young people who I've served on the Berlin Turnpike in motel rooms where they've sold their bodies just to have a warm place to stay for the night. And I remember the deep wounds in the hands of a a refugee I helped from Iraq. And those wounds appeared whenever he was overwhelmed with the stress of remembering how he had avoided being killed by agents of ISIS in his home country. And I remember the homes and hospital rooms that I visit, often for people in this church who have little hope left but to rely on going home to their God. They can rely on God's love to welcome them home, and so can we right now. Who we hold on to becomes the source of our joy. Amen? Who we worship 
becomes our master. And who we can hold on to as our master through faith in Jesus Christ is a master who sets us all free to find God's joy, discovering who we're really meant to be. We're meant to be people who define themselves by serving the one who serves us perfectly. There's not one thing out of place in God's house. God's love makes it all perfect. And God invites us to help God's earth look like God's home. Everything's taken care of for the servants of God who rely on God and God alone to do this here now in Jesus. I want this to be a really joyful church. I want this to be a joyful church together. And for this church to be a joyful church, we need to discover in our hearts how relying on the God who serves us perfectly in Jesus sets us free to find God's joy. God asks us to commit to God's joy. God asks us to focus on joy. God asks us to trust God's joy. And are we ready to take a bigger leap than that to find God's joy as God's church in Christ? Are we ready not just to serve food to perfect strangers who need to be touched by God's church, but to serve God's perfect love in Jesus, relying on Jesus as the source of our strength? Are we ready for this church not to be just this building, but a people united in service to God, to one another, and to God's world, to make God's home on earth appear before us all? I hope so. I pray so. And through your good discipleship, I trust so. And by God's grace, we're going to help one another to keep those lamps lit and to be ready for action that relies on God's joy and to receive it in abundance. And may the people so loved by the God who wants to bring us joy say, Amen. Please be seated. Thank you for the joy of, of being your pastor. It really is my joy to serve you in this community. And it is, it is a joy to think how we are served by our God. In our bulletin, we have a, something called a Wesleyan Litany of Covenant Commitment. This is an abbreviated version of the Wesley Covenant Service. Um, and I tried to make it a little bit more relatable to modern times and a little bit shorter. Um, and so I invite you to follow on the screen and to follow in the bulletin as you would like to. I'll read the parts in italics. And if you could read the parts in bold. Let us share in this Wesleyan litany of covenant commitment. We praise your holy name, O God. By your grace, turn our hearts to rely on you with covenant commitment 
agreeing to do our part for you no matter what. We turn to you, our Lord, for the power and the strength that comes from you alone to help us in our covenant commitment to God, for we cannot commit to you without it. No other relationship in this world will save us from ourselves and a life opposed to you. We surrender our will and our lives to your loving care, knowing that you alone are the source of pure hearts, justice, and righteous living. We offer our saving God of total reliance on God's grace. We praise the God who loves us as God's adopted family. So be it, and let the covenant I have made on earth be ratified in heaven. Amen. Amen indeed. That's a long prayer, I realize. 
I pray a longer version of that every week, at least once. Um, I believe that John Wesley provided us this as, a, as an instrument of grace. If ever you're trying to dig deeper into your relationship with God, tuck this in a book, maybe the Bible, and pull it out when you're trying to find a way to talk to God that will take you deeper. And I can assure you from my experience at least that the God who serves us will be there with us when we do. It's time now for the prayers of the people when we lift up our joys and concerns. You may have seen Elisa Gabriel here and her mom last week. Um, Her husband, Michael Reed, his dad, Jimmy Reed, is in for cancer treatment. Uh, So please hold their family in prayer. Um, We pray for Malyar, who has been displaced from Afghanistan, and our church is helping them through the Iris Refugee Resettlement Agency. And uh, Malyar is a, a talented young man, but he needs a job in the U.S. market. And we pray for your assistance by calling up his name to God. We pray for Janice Berillard. I think Berillaro, pardon me. She lives right up here on Hanover. Um, I came across her number. She finally answered um, after a couple of years of trying on and off. She has Alzheimer's, and she used to attend this church. And I'm praying that we can find a way that she might be among us at, um, at an appropriate time. We pray for Tony Battiani, who is homebound. I'm not quite sure where he's homebound from. Can somebody give us some information? Tony is homebound, and I pray that uh, his healing will continue. And I pray and thanks for everybody who is here this morning. I pray for your families. I pray for your aches. And I pray for the intimate contact of the God who can lift us above our aches not ignoring them or denying them, but reminding us that we are so much more than them. And we pray for our community. This prayer is for my brother who is fighting addiction. Bless you. One in five people in the United States have some form of addiction of one kind or another, and they affect, typically, at least four other people. That means everybody in this church right now has been affected by addiction. So we pray for this person. We pray for you and your families and everybody who you know and who affects you as well. Let's pray together. Beautiful God, we thank you for the joy of being in this place and being close in our hearts to the God who has served us. You kneeled at the feet of the disciples and washed their feet on the day that you were getting ready to die. And we thank you for your radical generosity in Christ. You have proven to us forever that when we draw close to you as your servant, you are there to greet us, 
and to turn the tables and to ask us, how may I serve you, blessed servant? Help us to be at peace with the world and in our hearts. Heal our wounds. Be with those who we cry out to for healing and for justice. Be with your world and lift it up and give them faith that there is a loving God who is not concerned with the power of the world, but the power of that light that shines out from your everlasting home and into this world through Jesus. And we pray for all of these things in the blessed, holy, and almighty name of Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. (coughs) Excuse me. Thank you for being people of love and people who are ready to be equipped with the grace of God through your faith. We express that love now through our tithes and offerings, the beginning of the process of the transformation of God's world for this week. to have lifted up this joy in our hearts and I thank you for making this the place to start it in your week let us say together our charge to keep which I think is on the next slide help us to rely on you first and foremost God of our joy every day help us to rely on your promises every day to find your joy help us to be your church every day that your world may know your joy praise to the God who calls us to find God's joy in Christ. And now, may the Lord of everlasting joy and hope keep you. May the Lord of everlasting life shine God's face upon you with that light and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord of everlasting hope 
Lift up God's countenance even upon you and me and all of God's world. And may the people who are kept by God and who God relies on to be God's church in Christ say joyfully, Amen!